Hello and welcome to this week's Property Matters, a show that brings global industry trends to an Irish audience. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or by email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. Your host today is Carol Tallon and myself, Brian Fox. Okay, and we have a special show today with Clara Penny, Commercial Director of WAYA here. WAYA. I knew I'd get the pronunciation wrong. Um, here to talk about the Internet of Things. So, Claire, you're most welcome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Thank so, you. let's start right at the beginning. What is IoT? So, IoT, if you think about um, devices that generate data, so you're thinking about uh, sensors, uh, meters, all generating data, you have to talk to that data. You have to get that data, pull it out of those devices and put it somewhere to do mm. something with. And the Internet of Things is, is the process of doing this. So you have your device, it's generating data, you connect to it, you might push that data into a database, into an IoT platform. And then the story doesn't end there because then what you've got to do is turn that data into something that you can understand and take action from. So the uh, Internet of Things is the data, connecting to that data, talking to those devices, pushing it into a cloud or a database and then making... But devices can be phones, could be laptops, could be any type of anything. electronic equipment. Absolutely anything. It can be like a single temperature sensor that's okay. up in a room. It could be a presence sensor, presence sensor that you might put um, in a meeting room to see if there's anybody in there. And you're right, it might be your phone. Your phone is probably one of the biggest devices that's generating the most amount of data. It's how you get to that data and push it somewhere so you can do something with it. Mm, okay, yeah. Via, yeah. via the internet. Via yeah. the internet, yeah. yeah. And yeah. How is that being used across the built environment? Oh, many, many, many use cases across the built environment. There's so many. Um, companies are starting. So right at the very beginning, I guess, is the control of a building. So in terms of the heating and ventilation, I'm talking about commercial real estate now. So in an office environment, the heating will be controlled. It has to be by law. So that um, those those. Uh, pieces of equipment, those assets, those uh, heating and ventilation systems, they're all really smart systems. And we have a building management system that talks to those systems and tells them to turn on, turn off, you know, make sure you've got enough return airs, the temperature is the right um, level, all of these things. So that's your kind of base level. Then what people are looking at now is how do we make property and buildings are a nicer place for people to be in so that you know you're not putting up with the building as we've done for many many years so now we're looking at what is the actual temperature in the room is it comfortable for me as an individual um, and how do I measure that and then how do I use that information to change the set points or whatever in these heating and ventilation systems also if you think about meeting rooms anybody who works in an office who's listening uh, will know that meeting rooms are like a, a rare commodity it's very hard to get a meeting room in most office spaces but oftentimes the meeting rooms maybe for six people and only one person is in there so it's, it's the wrong size or somebody's booked a meeting room and then didn't turn up and nobody knows because on the booking system that room is booked out so you can use devices to tell you is there somebody in that meeting room is the correct number of people using that meeting room and then you can either if there's nobody in there you can release that uh, room back into the system or if constantly the wrong number of people are in a meeting room then you can change that do you know what I mean you can make smaller meeting rooms so there's that's just a couple of use cases so in other words in a large sort of uh, commercial building with a number of floors each room can be individually 
heated or, or air conditioned as, as is warranted? <laughs> well, it can. It, it depends how that building was constructed, how that system was put in. Oftentimes it's a global system and then you can't, um, well, oh, yeah. you should be yeah. able to do individual rooms actually. It, but if you change that to, if you think about that in an open plan situation, it might be all one system so everybody gets the same temperature type yeah. thing. So it's, it's, it depends how the system was set up in the first place. Yeah, so the I suppose the, the newer buildings would be more up-to-date, state-of-the-art type of IoT, would it? Well, you'd think so. Would yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, the reason I ask is because we had a bizarre situation when I was in this, working in the States and that um, they'd have the air conditioning on in the whole building from, yeah. say, June until, say, September. Yeah. Uh, and that, of course, traditionally at the Labor Day, they'd go back to what you know <laughs> what was expected for autumn. Yeah. And winter. And the, the, the summer could be easily extended with 90 degree Fahrenheit yeah, weather yeah. past that and we'd all be boiling, you yeah. know. So, you know, obviously with, with, the, with, with the IOT, uh, it, can be, it can be done to seasonal factors as well and, uh, and, and conditions of the day as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> so what you would do in that situation and what, you know, um, other companies are looking at is taking the data, learning from the past and then making changes for the future. So it, this is where we can start to talk about artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and just simple rules-based engines. So if this happens over a period of time, tell me about it so I can make a change. And it's all should be normalized against the weather, you know. So in your use case there, your scenario there, it was the weather mm -hmm. that caused that change. Mm -hmm. So you need to know what the weather's doing as well. So it's not, so the beauty about the internet of things is it's not, you're not just confined to the building. You can start to look at, you know, outside the building and bringing that information in, you know, so you can really start to dig into uh, what is good for people. Because at the end of the day, it's got to, there's got to be a really good, value proposition or use case so mm -hmm. there's no point doing it for the sake of doing it because you won't get any traction mm -hmm. yeah. okay so either even on a um you know a, a a consumer level if there's no value in it for somebody then they might say this is a nice gadget but it's no use to me mm -hmm. so you've got to be looking at how can i extend the use cases so that it, it's valuable for for more people and by bringing in in weather information not only are you learning how the, the building is, is behaving and making those changes quickly and understanding how you can make changes, you can also bring that information into the users of the building as well. So, so facilities management there would, exactly. would be aware of what's going on yeah. around. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Claire, you might just <clears throat> be able to help me understand something. Um, with modern buildings, new buildings, even those using uh, new BIM technologies from design yeah. and build stage, they're being delivered with old building management solutions and business <laughs> management systems. Yeah. What's the reasoning behind that? So building management systems, um, you know, were fabulous <laughs> back in the day and, and still remain a very, yeah. very good piece of software and, and hardware that help companies to control and regulate the building. But the big companies that own the vast majority of building management systems, they are closed and proprietary. Okay, so you might... Um, have a building management system that's brilliant but as soon as that system goes wrong there are only set people that can come and fix that for you so it's it's kind of like a closed shop so to speak so mm -hmm. this has gone on for many many years and the people who use these systems the facility management companies the people who operate and maintain the buildings these are trusted pieces of, a, of software because the last thing that anybody wants is to introduce risk 
perceived risk into their daily job and they've worked so well for so many years like why would you change it type attitude where nowadays people are kind of going hang on a minute I, that 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 system holds a lot of data that I can do a lot with because the power of the Internet of Things is a sum of all the parts. Do you know what I mean? The more data you can bring in from different disparate sources, the, the more powerful the output is, the potential output is. And so people are looking at building management systems and saying, OK, that has data that I want to use. And actually, I might want to have a a capability in the use case of it's too hot to be able to automatically control that based on I know what the weather forecast is going to be I know how many people are going to be in the building I've learned this from the past so let's change the temperature automatically mm -hmm. and it's very difficult when things are closed proprietary systems yeah. and so the, the and you know in fairness to the building management people there are constantly you know getting the latest greatest technologies into these systems but it's it's the closeness and the the, the fact that they're proprietary systems that's causing a little bit of a bottleneck i guess in the in the industry okay today. can we break down exactly what is comprised um or, or what's controlled by these building uh, systems so um Okay, we know the breathing of yeah. the building, you know, the, the ventilation, yeah. the heating. What else is covered? Yeah, so you might have all your electricity meters going connected to the building management system. You might have your security systems in the building management system. You would have your fire safety systems in the building management system. Maybe your lighting systems going through the building management system. So every system within the building, is, it's almost like, almost like the brain of the building, really. It's mm -hmm. doing all the controlling. Uh, and letting you know when there's a problem, but then there's a pro <laughs> There's another angle with that one that uh, sometimes the building management system tells you so many things are going wrong that people just end up ignoring it. So you really, get into oh, this really false cool. positive mm. kind of. Uh, oh, why arena. would they ignore it though? Uh, because yeah. it's so noisy. It's so noisy because it might be telling you, oh, the temperature went above this, um, you know, 21 degrees Celsius. Mm. It went up, it went up, it went up. And people are going, okay, it's too noisy. It's mm. too much noise. So Too much data yeah, coming again. Yeah, and that's a danger as well. Oh, I see. Too and much would, it, would it be able to detect plumbing problems or, or, or that type of... So to tell you, no, but actually uh, why are all working with a company that can tell you if there's a, like a leak or anything like that at the moment. So they have a fabulous... Um, um, piece of hardware and software that can tell you there's a there's a leak and can shut that off for you straight away. Right. So that's okay. where we're going. What's where you're going with it? Yeah. 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 yeah, and in terms of fire safety then as well. I mean, yeah, so which that, is crucial to anybody. Oh yeah, but that would be very very governed with legislation. Your fire yeah. safety systems, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But, okay. I think it's interesting when you talk about what uh, why is you know why is working with innovative startups yeah. that are bringing in new solutions because one of the criticisms of traditional building management systems is that they don't allow plug-in for new innovations yeah. um, and, and that's one of the main criticisms because actually our technology has moved on our smart building technology so many solutions yeah. can be plugged in but not if they can't get into the building management systems um, and you know we're talking about as you said a very good solution that worked very well you know a decade and a half ago yeah. but the reality is it lets you know when things need attention but actually using AI and the amount of data that's been generated you know we do need to be getting to a place where actually we need to know about things before they break down Absolutely. we need to you know this, yeah. this predictive maintenance and you know we had um Paul O'Connor from ACASM now Riptide yeah. in a couple of months ago and you know he was talking about how planned maintenance really has moved to predictive maintenance and is actually heading towards prescriptive yeah. maintenance and that's all due to um, 
actually applying artificial intelligence to uh, and machine learning to the data that that building management systems yeah. are generating. So how do these systems have to evolve? Yeah, so so you, you can talk to the building management system. So you can connect to and pull the information out, but it's difficult. And when the company who own the software for a building management system do any upgrades, that that connectivity breaks and you have to rewrite it. So yeah. again, it's just about opening up this capability to talk into these systems would be really beneficial. But, you know, I mean, a lot of companies are kind of going, okay, well, let's work around it. <laughs> let's have a workaround. Let's go. So there's a thing called a gateway, which gathers information. So talks to all the um, the individual points, if you like, brings the information in, and then you can push that elsewhere. You can translate it because it's all about talking the same language as well. So, um, you know, you need a, a one of these gateways to translate, if you like, the, the language of each device, each sensor uh, into a common language that could then be pushed to an IoT platform. So I think it is changing. I think the building management system companies are seeing this and trying to change. But when you're when your commercial models are based around you being proprietary, it's quite a difficult beast to move around. You know what I mean? But I think they are looking at this and I think people are looking at talking to the smart assets directly, you yeah. know, to, to get this information intelligence. Is technology, you know, the exponential rate of, of growth? I mean, is technology moving past proprietary systems? I, I'm thinking of the General mm. Magic documentary that's doing the rounds at the moment. Have yeah. you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, no, it, it's really <laughs> interesting, but it was about, you know, bringing together the communications platform, you know, back in the early 90s that we now know as smartphones. Um, but it was a failed, it, it's apparently the most important failed startup that you've never heard of <laughs> uh, is how it's built. And um, it's quite fascinating. Yeah. But one of the things that was identified then was the importance of um, this um, non-proprietary communication yeah. system because everything if one device is sending another device has to be able to receive it yeah. and read it and that yeah. that seems to be a problem so I just wonder have we have we moved beyond the stage of proprietary systems actually being fit for, for, for a purpose? Oh I think so yeah you know I mean I'm all about protecting people's you know IP and things like that but I think opening things up so you can communicate I think is really really key you know to, to allow other people to use that technology to for the for the good of of because otherwise you just end up with siloed information mm -hmm. and a lot of the building stuff that's coming out now the uh, the IOT uh, capabilities are siloed you know so it's kind of like a, well, that's a, understandable though isn't it yeah yeah, oh, it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if you want to uh, have a um, a presence sensing system, then you have your presence sensing system, and then you go on and you say, okay, now I want an energy management system, and then you've got your energy management system. Do you know what I mean? And it's all like siloed, but you've got to bring it all together to get the true value. And mm. I think you know, so some companies will will lease the sensors for you so you can rent the sensors and then you pay for your data do you know what I mean so it's like almost space you know um, <coughs> space occupancy sensing on using demand using cloud I suppose yeah, computing. yeah, yeah using yeah. The, the cloud thing um, are you aware of again I don't know if this is in development or if it's being used at the moment but um, you know we, we talked about heat and and temperatures in an office that actually because now we, we're in such open plan offices yeah. to actually to be able to have zones 
that are temperature controlled. Yeah. I mean, is this happening in Irish buildings yet? No, I don't think so. I, I'm personally not seeing it. I mean, maybe people would jump up and down and say we're doing that, but yeah. not really. So that whole personalization of space is mm. actually where I believe we will get to eventually. Okay, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, you walk into it. So, you know, in my last company that I worked in, um, it wasn't my company, it's where I used to work, <laughs> just to make it clear. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we spoke a lot about that whole personalization. So you walk into the building and it's almost like the building recognizes you. Now, you know, people are going to be screaming about GDPR and, and yeah, you know, yeah, being yeah, anonymized yeah, yeah. and all the rest of it. But it's, it's, a, it's a buy in, you know, you, 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 yeah. you sign up for this. You sign. <coughs> so you walk in, the building kind of recognizes who you are, understands what your personal preferences are, say, understands what you're working on. So if, yeah. you're, if you've really got to get a report out, knows you onto a quiet spot but you like natural light so fi- tries to find you a seat near a window that's reasonably Sounds quiet like the, the Google and yeah you know <laughs> what I mean Facebook stuff this, yeah, yeah you yeah. know so it, to and that, that the technology is available to do that it's and bringing tell me, it together uh, how how willing or how um, are, are, are the buildings that have been built today are they are the people that are, are the, the, the builders developers themselves yeah. are they willing to spit, invest oh you're you're shaking your head no <laughs> they're not so so I think the people who own the buildings are waking up. They're, they're, in Ireland, actually, really? there is a, a very forward-thinking um, kind of developer, developer uh, around mm-hmm. uh, um, that's quite exciting. But at the end of the day, these people are in it to make money, right? Sure. So the less they spend at mm. base build, the capex, you know, the capital costs, the better, right? And then if they can maximise, or, or sorry, reduce the operational costs and, and get more money out of that property, the the better. So what I guess on my side of the fence, what we've failed to do to date is to convince these people of the business case to do that. Now, we're trying really, really hard to do that. At the yeah. minute, it's kind of like, you know, you can put numbers down, you can run it through your spreadsheet, you can show them what it looks like. And it's kind of like, okay, who have you done this with? Who's done this? Everybody so doesn't really want to go resistance. to us. There is a resistance, yeah, because the, the perception is that this costs money. Whereas I personally... But it's more added value, isn't it? I see it as much more added value. I I genuinely think that's changing. Um, Okay. You know, certainly some of the developers, you know, if you look at the developers, any of them that are working, say, in conjunction with Smart Docklands and and Smart Dublin, um, they're very much, from design stage, they're very much consumer driven yeah. and consumer led and that that hasn't been the case necessarily in the past yeah. but it certainly is now and the fact that Ireland has such um, a high quality of tenant uh, across the domestic and international tenants yeah. commercial tenants that actually I think the quality of tenant has really driven up the quality that's expected and therefore the quality that's being delivered so actually I think I, I, I feel like that's changing um, so I understand the, the commercial case is always on the bottom line. But actually, I think increasingly uh, having these these uh, very high quality offerings has become part of the bottom yeah. line for property developers. So I am seeing a change there. I don't think they need to be so convinced of the importance of this because actually, um, you know, we're moving towards a, a much more demanding yeah. consumer for our particularly commercial buildings. Well, and I'm, that's a good thing. Oh, I'm de- absolutely delighted to hear that because you know one analogy I use is like you know who would who would rent a building now that didn't have Wi-Fi? Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. Nobody. Indeed. Like, yeah. Whereas, you Good know, 15 point. years yeah. ago, yeah. Like, yeah. nobody yeah. gave two hoots. Like, yeah. We were all this Wi-Fi yeah. nonsense. I think we could take a break and give you a break, uh, Claire, <laughs> for, for a moment. Um, we have Claire Penny from, uh, from WIA, director, commercial director of WIA in the studio at the moment. Uh, when, we co- when we come back in uh, part two, we'll talk about the difference between data information. So stay with us. Probably matters here in Dublin South FM with Carol Tallon and myself, Brian Fox. You can contact us on Twitter at iPropertyRadio or email hello at iPropertyRadio.com. So before the break, we were talking to Claire Penny, who's commercial director of w- of Waya. 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 I had it there in rehearse before and then come back from break and what do I do but screw the whole thing up again. Anyway, Claire, tell us more about data information and the difference between the two. Okay. So data by itself, as we were discussing before the break, um, you know, you have all these devices that are generating data. So it's like, you know, dots and uh, zeros, ones and zeros data, you know, and companies and people are collecting lots and lots of data. But data by itself isn't really going to do anything for you. And companies are saving data just in case, which is good in some time, in some cases. But when you start to store and save data, it costs you money, right? So that data has to be transformed into something that's actionable, something that's either going to save you money or generate money for you. And if you can't do that, then you got to ask yourself, why am I actually doing this? So it's all about uh, what value am I getting out of this. So when you have your data, it's very important that you understand what data you have, you know, what, what it's from. The weather, uh, yeah, yeah. air in the, in the offices and stuff, exactly, so forth, so forth. Yeah. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, what, what are the units? Is right. the data good data? <clears throat> yeah. Because you can't be making decisions on bad data. So, mm. you know, you, mm. in, and then understand is your data structured? Is it unstructured? And then that informs how you analyze the data. <coughs> so mm. the data, you've got to have confidence that this is good quality data that's coming regularly, that, you know, you know the time intervals, etc. You know everything about this data, you know if it's um, a piece of machinery, which piece of machinery it's from, what it's measuring, you know, is it is it Celsius? Is it is it like uh, humidity? What is it? And then once you get it into one place, then you've got to transform that data into something actionable. So you um, you can analyze it, you can you structure it in a format that enables you to run it through some analytical packages. You can do business rules. You can do we were talking about AI. You, you know, run it through machine learning models, and that's a whole different topic <laughs> that we can discuss and then outside of that then it's got to be human friendly and what I mean by that is it's got to be visualized in a way that makes sense to us humans if if a human is going to take action on the data so you know do you have a user interface that provides a, a graph or some mm, way that yeah, you can digest yeah. that data and, yeah. and make a decision but you could even easily just push that that data in or that the output of that data into another package to do something so if there's a fault you know carol was talking about uh, prescriptive maintenance so if there's a fault how do you get somebody a human to go and fix it so it might you might miss the human completely and just push the output from that data after analysis into another package for somebody to go and fix something with the right tools so the right person you know to do the right job with the right tools at the right time so let's look at this uh, an everyday situation um would it be once a month then you would go along to the director of facilities within a company look at the data that's in front of them and decide then on a sort of monthly basis what actions to be taken would that be a way so that would be the old way that would be the old way right okay okay so that would be time-based maintenance right pretty much you know and you know it's perfectly good maintenance strategy absolutely um but if you um are in a critical asset situation, say a hospital or a data center where you cannot allow any of these assets to crash and and break down, you need to know much more in advance than a month. You know, you need to know pretty much uh, 
near real time in some situations that everything is fine. So checking in with the asset, is everything okay? You know, or getting it to message you that it's okay. So it's constant it's interaction yeah. with the... Yeah. Uh, we actually had a great example of this on the show in the last couple of months. We had Paul MacDonald from Sanchez Systems in and that's a really interesting Irish company that's actually distributed their technology, yes. distributed uh, right across the world. Um, but what they're doing is really interesting. You know, they're doing lots of interesting things, but they've got an interesting smart city solution at the moment where they deploy and they have deployed actually over the past decade noise sensors around Dublin. And all of this information feeds into a dashboard. So actually, Mm. I wasn't aware of it until um, earlier this year when Paul came into the studio with us here to talk about it. But there's actually a website called Dublin City Noise. And all the data from their sensors feeds in real time and is is actually made relatable yeah. and understandable for anybody in and around the Dublin area to log on and see, you know, is noise within the permitted levels? Um, you know, is there something happening in Dublin yeah. today? What's happening in my neighbourhood? So th- that so I think that's a great example of information that is uh, being captured right across the city. Twenty four seven. It's been fed in. Yeah. But more importantly, that data has been broken down in a way that actually helps people, consumers yeah. in their Fusible. everyday life. Yeah. They yeah. just log on yeah. and they can yeah. and they can see, um, you know, what's happening. And actually, I, I realised lately that they actually have an automated uh, Twitter account. So uh, yeah. we, we signed up and we followed it. And so every day, or, I, I'm not sure that once a day or more, but every day we get a tweet, we see a tweet telling us how noisy <laughs> uh, certain parts of Dublin are and yeah. uh, where the sensors are and, and that links you in yeah. then to the dashboard and I just think it's such a smart clever solution and I know that this is being done on building sites Yeah. Um, so for example um, on the children's hospital neighbours were were um, aware of, of mm. noise and uh, actually the same company I think did the Lewis uh, yeah. Lewis Cross City mm. you know where there's going to be key infrastructure projects yeah. that are yeah. going to inconvenience um, residents yeah. you know there's a permitted noise level allowed so actually by deploying these monitors people can see at all times yeah. are the developers within the permitted yeah. levels and I just think that's a great way you know there are so many sensors deployed across Dublin that we don't yet see the information feeding from it and, and Smart Dublin and Smart Docklands the team there are really working at bringing more yeah. of this into the public yeah. but you know when you see solutions like this that you can access a dashboard straight away anybody can just yeah. log on and see it not even log on click on to the, the website and see uh, it it's a really workable solution sure. um, and, and it really brings to life the interconnectedness yeah. of all of this absolutely but we're, we're talking about from a corporate point of view what about from a domestic point of view uh, you know in terms of data information I'm sure that it can apply to that as well in Ab- a smaller scale oh absolutely yeah mm. yeah I mean it's just about taking like it's translating the data into as Carol was saying something that you can visualise so something and, that's and you can read absolutely that mm. makes sense to you makes sense right? to you exactly, uh, and, yeah. and has a purpose because yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. otherwise it's just a yeah. nice to have and then yeah. people won't use it you know so it's got to have a purpose what's the purpose so in Carol's example people can understand you know are they right is is this too noisy I mean a, a continue on from that use case would be that the developer is notified to say hey you know and that's exactly what happens when there's a breach they're notified that there's a breach and they must take action to stay within the permitted and that's brilliant then Mm. because then everybody both sides are happy do you know what I mean in terms of domestic scene you can see how much you're consuming of gas electricity etc yeah 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 yeah. but and then that's that's good 
Okay, that sure. visualization. I sure. know, but what do you do about that? What do you do about it? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. where? Why is this? Why is this happening? Do you know what I mean? It, it, do I have faulty equipment? Yeah. Is something on constantly that I don't know about yeah. that shouldn't be on? You know, so that you can do something. Yeah. So, because there's not a lot of. It's nice and, and, to know, and, and, but and this, and this if it's can, too can late, detect that type of problem. Yeah. Oh, I mean, using the Internet of Things, you can absolutely. Um, do all of this you know yeah. you can use the data as i'm saying from the devices run it through any kind of algorithm <coughs> or or business rule if this then that tell me about it identify because the key is you got to know as i was saying earlier where that data is coming from mm-hmm. where is the source of that data you know what tell me then claire i'm sure it's expensive getting this type of information no it isn't no not oh, really okay. no because the question i was going to put to you was um, if, for instance, um, an estate has just been built, for yeah. instance, and none of this equipment is in it, none of this WIA is in it. Have I got that right? WIA. Would it be, I mean, obviously, if, if you feel it's infor- affordable, that's that's fair enough. But I mean, uh, if the residents didn't find it affordable, could there be a sort of a cooperative arrangement made to... Um, to bring the put the equipment in various houses and pay for it not on that basis. So companies do offer that kind mm. of service, mm-hmm. you know, um, if it's if it's big enough, you know, the kind of um, Uber model, you know, as a, as a service, you know, that you you can have heat as a service. I just saw there the other day music as a service. I saw that, I think on LinkedIn or Twitter or somewhere, you know. So um, it, again, it's it's down to the. Um, the, the commercial side of it how how commercially viable is it to do that and if you think companies do offer this kind of thing so for example in my house we have solar panels on the roof we, we've kind of paying for those over time we understand you know when they're generating electricity when we should put you know appliances on to yeah. make use of the free green electricity so that's a really good kind of IOT kind of use case we understand you know we've got the sensors on the, the roof understand when they're working got the meter but it's prompting you to take actions yes, exactly. so that's that's there's kind of a behavioural change yeah. tied in with that as well yeah. isn't there yeah and, and you can change behaviour if it's valuable I keep coming back to this point right if it's valuable to people then why wouldn't you do it do you know what I mean? Why wouldn't you make a change if it's going to cost you, if it's going to save you money? Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking too in terms of where we're going now because, I mean, we're becoming very conscious of, of, of emissions and, and, and yeah. the use of, of of carbon and all the rest of it, you know, in houses and, and, yeah. in, and, and in cars and so forth. So, I mean, it would be, as I say, with, with the way thinking and behaviour is going at the moment, it's a very valuable um, um, contribution to a house, surely, or, 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 or a dwelling of any description. Oh, absolutely. And actually, in, in Wire, what we have are these um, IoT bundles that people by themselves can just use these bundles and they can set up their own IoT system in their house if they want to. So they could have something for presence, temperature, humidity, stuff like that. And they can set up their own uh, little IoT network in their home and will you, be told... Sorry, will you explain that a little more? So, as in, you're selling, are these a range of sensors for your yeah. home that you can deploy? No, so not not specifically for the home. There are a range of sensors that you could use in your home. So, um, you know, it's it's a little development board. So for anybody who's never touched the Internet of Things before, what we have is a like a developer board. And then you plug in the sensors and it's like a piece of Lego. So you've got your board, you plug in the the the. the connectors for the sensors then you plug your sensors in you connect it to the internet and what we have on our iot cloud platform is a kind of drag and drop jigsaw approach to 
development to coding and it's called codeless development so you say you know i have a sensor you drag that into the the workspace um you know it's a temperature sensor it's it's degrees celsius um if it goes above 21 degrees send me a text message and this is all there you just drag and drop and then you you enable it and then it will send you a text message if the temperature in that space gets above 21 degrees celsius wow that sounds like you're doing for iot what wordpress did for web development Yeah. You're taking the development out of it. Yeah, yeah. But now there is a, a bar on the side, a column on the side for the people who are techie and, and <laughs> developers. But basically, you know, your grandmother, in theory, could pick this up and have her own little IoT, um, you know, device set up in the home if she wanted to, you know, because it's that easy. Drag mm. and drop. That's fascinating. As long as you I can haven't... read, you can do it. <laughs> okay, can you give me some examples of how, so anybody listening in that has an interest in this? Yeah. How is it being used? Do you know what people are doing with this? So we we can we so we we don't know exactly because you know we GDPR and all like that so we don't know what individual people are doing but we've had use cases of um we used to have it on the website you know a monster detector for kids type stuff you know what I mean so you, this is just a present sensor is somebody come into my room tell that me could about back it. Yeah, it could um, you know, uh, one of my colleagues, he shows a really good um, case where, you know, we put the moisture sensor into a glass of water and it's, it comes up the message, I'm wet. So, you know, you could have it, you know, <laughs> for your potted plants. You could stick this into the soil of your potted plants. You could water, make sure your plants never get, uh, you know, that they've got enough moisture. Or and, and not too much moisture. Exactly. Because that's yeah. how I kill all of mine. Yeah, yeah. Kill them with kindness. You know. And then the temperature, you know, it is this... It, should I turn the heat on or is it should I just put a jumper on what temperature is it you know and, and tell me if it goes below or above you know and then I can take some kind of action so there's multiple that's, we've over I think we've connected for over 300 different types of sensors that's fascinating so the limiting factor is your imagination <laughs> that sounds like a challenge I think we should challenge um, to to set up one of these networks just to see what we can do in the studio here because we, you had a bad tech day here in the studio. Let's <laughs> not talk about it. Okay. We're doing very well at the moment. Don't let's not. <laughs> so we can challenge that. Um, I am fascinated, though, by, you know, we mentioned earlier, you know, that there is a behavioural change mm. needed as well. So let's step away from the technology side a little yeah. bit and on to more the, the human side of change management. You know, where do we begin with that when the transformation is so... It, it can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah, so I think it, the, the important thing is you bring people along on the journey and don't scare people. You know, if I'm, I'm talking now less about it in people's homes because you have a lot of control yeah. of your own home, but in terms of in the corporate you know, world where you may be in an office and then all of a sudden you see these things going up around these sensors, you know, uh, gateways on the wall and everybody's going, oh, I've been tracked now, you know, it's another stress for me. It's to inform people and bring bring people along on the journey and say, look, this is the reason why we're doing this, you know, and make that very clear and be very honest with people. And are people suspicious, generally speaking? Well, I I went in my, you know, where I used to to work, we set up a a presence sensing um, system uh, in this client's, uh, it was public sector as well, over in the UK, and uh, uh, the uh, the employees came in over the weekend. This was all set up over the weekend, and it was about understanding: do do we have the right amount of real estate? Okay, so this this particular um, crowd had five buildings that they owned, right? And they were saying, look, you know, are we using all five buildings or are we not? Because currently today they do a the way that they 
companies understand how much space is being used, somebody walks around with a clipboard. Okay, once a yeah. month and goes, okay, you're sitting there, tick, you know, that's his empty cross, <laughs> you know, and it's so, this is how it's been done forever. Right. So by introducing the Internet of Things and putting like a presence sensing system in, in place, which can be removed at any point, you know, under yeah. desk sensors of somebody using this space. They were just trying to understand, are all these five buildings being used? And it was as simple as that, but they didn't really communicate this to the employees. Sure. So this was deployed over a weekend, so there was no disruption to the employees. And then they, the guys walked in on a Monday saw this gateway on the wall and went oh I don't think so and just pulled it off the wall <laughs> really yeah and the data went like yeah. the dashboard just went yeah. so isn't that reminiscent of when um, CCTV was yeah. introduced kind of 20 years ago into the inside of buildings yeah. and people were yeah. you know or or um, as as staff coming in and out yeah. the tracking systems kind of moved yeah. from old cart clock-ins yeah. to Fingerprints, like I, I can remember yeah. 20 years ago being introduced to fingerprints scanning when you come in. They never worked. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> but but there was that reticence. People didn't, yeah. people weren't comfortable. Yeah. And um, I, I had a recent presentation I was at, you know, there, there was um, a breakdown of um, the characteristics of, demog- of key demographics. And they were saying that actually millennials really have much less trust for social media <laughs> say yeah. than um, the generation yeah. well, with the generation before it mightn't have been so familiar but that you know there's a greater you know Gen Z is likely to have a much greater sensitivity yeah. about data and privacy maybe even the millennials did yeah. and you know so some of these technologies are likely to be resisted actively resisted well, obviously in your case yeah. it certainly was oh it was definitely yeah. Yeah. and it was ripped off the wall ripped off the wall yeah so the big lesson learned for everybody involved in that project was to bring people to um, communicate yeah. right so they communicated with the staff and said look this is what we're doing nothing to fear you know we're not tracking anybody we don't know this is the why we're doing it and actually the, the story was that out of those five buildings two of the buildings were only used about 20% of mm. the building was ever in use. Sure. So what they did was they said okay what we're now what we're going to do now we have this information is move the people from these two buildings that's very infrequently used give you space update the space and put you over here and then we can just like kind of you know shut those buildings down so we're not using electricity yeah. unnecessarily and we're not having to like clean them all the time and that kind of stuff so that was you know the part <laughs> of that project but yeah you know so so you know to answer your question is to bring people on this journey and you, you'll find people are very open to change they really are I mean if you think about this this computer we all have on our desk i.e. our phone I mean it's not really a phone anymore you mm. know yeah. it's a uh, it's a computer that's yeah. power more powerful I think the statistic is than the first rocket that went to the moon or whatever you know which is, which is a worrying thought in itself yeah. but um, but people people will use it because it's valuable to them you know so yeah. it's value in in that and it's adding value and that's what it comes back to so look um in terms of the understanding the difference between data and information I oh, think yeah. that's important and the human element but I definitely want to come back and speak to you about the business processes because I think yeah. maybe that's where a lot of companies fall down in their digital Absolutely. transformation. So look, we need to take a break now, but stay tuned after the break. We'll continue the conversation with Claire Penny of Wire and find out more about ecosystems and disruptors. Stay, stay tuned. To Property Matters here in Dublin South FM with Carol Tan and myself, Brian Fox. In the studio, we have Claire Penny. And now we're going to talk about ecosystems and disruptors. Um, 
just in a word, how would you how would you describe ecosystems and disruptors? Because it's something that uh, <laughs> it, it needs, I think, a lot of um, explanation. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in terms of the ecosystem, it's it's kind of like how everybody comes together for the greater good, I guess, to keep the. Um, I mean, I kind of know from an environmental perspective, but you know how yeah, everybody yeah, exactly. plays their of, part. Yeah, sure, you know, so sure. you know, somebody if some company. Um, came to me in the morning and said I can do everything I would not trust them at all because yeah. you can't do everything mm-hmm. no one company can do everything and so you need this kind of ecosystem of people who really um, are subject matter experts in, in know what some, they're talking about exactly in some element and can deliver that element because it's so broad so the internet of things is so broad you know that if one company can do it all then it doesn't make any sense. They're just you know. generalists, really. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got your, your whole, um, uh, your networks and your hardware development, and then you've got to have your business people that can do the uh, the business cases. And, and what we're seeing is that big companies are actually saying, yeah, we, we can't do this alone. We have to reach out. So, you know, we were talking about... Um, construction and, and property people they're beginning to reach out and say yeah okay we can't we can't do this alone because they are not software um, yeah well that's what I was going people, to come to the first part you know? yeah, absolutely mm. yeah 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 so so we need mm. this kind of cohort this mm. ecosystem of people who can all leverage off each other and and deliver this whole thing because if you think about a smart city think about all the moving parts in a smart city you know I always struggled with my last employer around you know we were trying to sell smart city solutions but I was like well who do we sell yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know who who who's going to buy? This and how's that so relationship people? at the moment? Or is is it, is it growing? Is it trusting that that between trusted people like yourselves and and and, and construction? Uh, developers? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know, construction has its demons, right? And in, in just the way that. That the, the construction's been delivered, mm-hmm. but I think with people, non-threatening people like Wire, who can only bring good into the construction landscape, there's a, there's a lot of trust, you know. And we're talking to quite a few people in that space around the art of the possible. What you know, what because if you of could your do reputation, this? yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah and, and and like, what if you could do this? What would that mean to you and your mm. clients? And that's really key, you know, mm. the, the, because at the end of the day, as I keep saying, you've got to do something that's for the good, you know, that's, that makes a process better. Because, um, I mean, I, actually, if you talk about, I bring up process there. I mean, we've talked a lot about technology, but technology by itself is not going to cut it. You ha- actually have to change the way that you your business processes. So I have a little example around this, around smart bins in an office. So um, a company I heard about putting smart bins that basically have a sensor on them that tell you when the bin, bin is full. Right. It's like the big belly type like the big, of idea. Exactly, yeah, like yeah. the big belly, but inside an office, right? Yeah, and right. this company said, well, you know, that was a complete waste of money because when we're not, because the person that empties the bins just comes around and empties the bins. So for me, that was an immediate, like, well, it's a very simple example, but that's an example of somebody not changing their business process. So what yeah. should have happened there was, you know, talk to the people who empty the bins and say, this is how we're going to do it now. Uh, you will empty the bins when you get an alert or a text. And yes. you, you will plan sure. around that sure. rather than five o'clock every night come yes, and empty the, the bins. The, yeah, the, you know, so it's a yeah. really simple, but I think quite visual use example yeah. of changing your business process. But doesn't it, doesn't it really make sense so that you don't have periods when the bin might be overflowing? Yeah. And similarly, yeah. you're not, you don't have waste yeah. by yeah. emptying a half empty bin. Indeed. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's really logical when you break it down into individual yeah. examples. Yeah, and it's the same with toilets. You know, some of my ex-colleagues will talk about toilets forever, like cleaning toilets on 
so basically anything that's time based is yeah. up for grabs and with IoT. Yeah, anything that like I, you know I, I do this at nine o'clock, at twelve yeah. o'clock, at yeah. three o'clock, and at seven mm. o'clock. Mm. Right, anything mm. that's like that mm. is up for grabs in terms of a of an enhancement of an improvement of an operational inefficiency. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. like if you go and clean the toilets every four hours, mm. how do you know those toilets need cleaned, mm. or they might need cleaning every two hours? Because there really is a huge amount of traffic through those toilets. So you really got to understand. Or like, at different times of the day, it might be a different case altogether. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love yeah. that as a really simple uh, rule of thumb. You know, anything that's time based yeah. is up for grabs. That's really helpful because then people can actually look at their their work life, their processes within the office and say, OK, yeah. actually, what's time based? Yeah. You know, I'm thinking actually there's probably a lot of overlap there with health and safety routines. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hotels as well. I'm sure. So oh, it would, would, would be a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see hotels now come that's come so... to the fore, you know, where there's no uh, reception, mm. hotel reception. You know, it's mm. all done with, um, you know, a, a virtual concierge. You know, or you sign in using your phone, and mm. you're seeing this more and more. So if you're doing that without the human touch, it's got to be really good. Mm. It's yeah. got to be really slick. You know, mm. so mm. Um, yeah. And disruption. I mean, I associate disruptors with. You know, years ago, Ryanair going against yeah. uh, the, the big companies, yeah. and now Uber with with uh, not yeah. in this country but abroad. So, how how would you see disruptor disruption with yourselves? Yeah, so uh, you know, I I know you you've had people from the construction industry in here. I mean, construction is is absolutely ripe for some kind of disruption, and I don't and I don't think people should be afraid of that who are in the construction industry. I think they can be absolutely part of it. But let's just change the way we do things. Just because we've always done it in this way doesn't mean we have to continue doing that. And yeah. I think there's a lot of, um, I do know of people who are kind of just outside of the construction industry giving it a go in terms of like offsite manufacturing, maybe 3D printing, and then the traditional constructors laughing at them when they fail. But failure is good, mm, right? Because exactly. yeah. you learn yeah. so yeah. much absolutely. from failing. Yeah. 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 You probably learn the most from failing. Yeah. I mean, I when as a kid, this is a b bizarre analogy here. <laughs> when I, when I was a kid, I used to ride horses, right? But I I used to ride with adults, and and I because so I was on the smallest pony, so I was always at the back of the ride, and we go around the riding school, da da da, and everybody's fault. By the, the 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 instructor corrected. By the time she got to me, she was like, "Oh, look at Claire, she's brilliant." But I was just learning from all of their mistakes, and yeah. I looked yeah. great okay. sitting at the back okay. of the ride. Do you okay. know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of pointing fingers, we should be working together mm. and learning from mm. this because it's mm. only for the good of everybody. If you think about natural resources and where we're going with that, and how we've got to mind um, how much we're digging out the ground, you know, <laughs> this whole circular economy. Well, not enough, but we've a shrinking workforce, uh, health and safety uh, on site, you know. And when when information is in people's heads, you know, that's a very precarious place for a company to be in. So if you've got a lot of people who are super smart at what they do, but it's all in their heads, when those people leave a company, mm, you mm. the loss of IP, gone. yeah, you mm, know, that's mm, gone, mm, right? Mm. So having systems and capabilities that enable the sharing of this knowledge, you know, almost the democratization of, of this information without, you know, losing your USP or losing your IP is really key. But speaking of disruption, yeah, uh, with some people, there's a reluctance to share that information because they know how valuable that is Absolutely. as a valued, yeah. as a valued yeah. employee. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. do you see that there as, as a problem? So yes and no. Like, you know, <clears throat> I mean, you can't be naive about this. I mean, companies need to differentiate and they need to have their IP and their, their unique selling points, most definitely. So I think there's a time and a place. Um, and I think people are probably doing a lot 
lot of internal d- disruption. You know, they're, they're branching off. I mean, it, with Wire, we, we deal with a lot of innovation teams within companies. So you'll be surprised almost every single company has an innovation team. What we're, what we're not seeing 100% of the time is that that team is necessarily got a good mandate. Do you know what I mean? Within the company. So it might just be, okay, we'll put this team over here and we'll let them play around with stuff and see what they come out with. But we've seen that that go from a really good idea, innovative idea to, okay, let's pop, make that part of the business. That piece of the jigsaw is a little mm. bit lacking from what we've seen. That seems very token, really tokenism, um, innovation for the sake of innovation, as in it's something that organisations feel they need to be doing, but yeah. they actually don't really want it to impact on their, well, I, on I, their day-to-day. I, I, think, I think it's kind of... I think they just need to make it part of the business and, and maybe even um, have those people reporting to the right person. Do you know what I mean? Like in the company, you know, so if you've got a, a chief strategic officer like or whatever, you know, or chief data officer up there. It's when they you know, when they're off at the side, sometimes it, it is a bit of lip service. But I yeah. think the fact that they're there is really good. And I think, that, you know, if they hit on something, hopefully then it does get pushed up I mean I, I know in my own experience from previous roles almost it's worse if you've got a really good idea that you know you've you've tested the market you're genuinely you know believe it's a, a go is the internal sell is almost harder than yeah. selling Pitching externally it. you know yeah. it's much harder to to get you know execs to buy into your idea they they, they kind of go okay can we go out in the market and buy this now yeah. do you know what I mean for a faster route to that's market. cultural though is it it is culture yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, this is actually a problem that we've identified um, over the last two years and in fact how what, what we saw was that all of the things that we assumed were the resistance points actually weren't really um, but what was happening is that you had people at C-suite level that didn't feel informed enough to be able to empower yeah. their innovation teams and in yeah. fact what we're doing through PropTech Ireland and Property District for 2020, our mission is to run a series of um, what we call the C-suite yeah. sessions. And it's actually kickstarting next month with Anthony Slumbers coming over from the UK to explain to C-suite level executives at a very broad level um, how uh, the, u- the use cases across real estate yeah. for artificial intelligence yeah oh. and the reason we're doing it it's not a technical um, masterclass at all this is very much a broad overview so that um, the decision makers within the industry will know enough to be able to yeah. empower the innovation teams and they'll recognise when good opportunities and workable solutions yeah. are coming up yeah no I, that's a great thing to hear yeah absolutely is and that something but is that something you're finding so yeah so you know I mean like I say we do work with a lot of innovation teams and they're brilliant like really really good but you know I think that kind of conversion and and I think you're probably right Carol I think it's it's a language around that internal cell having enough information that it's not just a, a shiny bright button you know that we all should go running after that it's actually a really good value proposition for the business and it's not too far left field that p- spooks people yeah. I think you know maybe there's a learning there around the people who lead these innovation teams that they um, you know that they have that training to be able to tr- translate that into a good value proposition yeah. I think it's key you know when you bring it back human nature is still human nature oh, respect yeah. for the technology and it's all about the early wins 
Um, okay, so that was Commercial Director of Wyatt, Claire Penny. Claire, thank you so much for thank being you. with us today. Um, that's it from us in studio today. And please get in touch with the show by emailing hello at iPropertyRadio.com or on Twitter at iPropertyRadio. Thank Claire Penny for joining us in the studio. And also thanks to Danny Hickey on sound. We're back at the same time next week. From Carol, Carol Tal and myself, Brian Fox. Have a great week.